All right, good morning. Welcome to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and we're heading out. It is a very cloudy day. We had a lot of rain yesterday. No rain yet today, but man, it looks like rain, although it's supposed to get sunny at some point. I don't know how that's going to work out. I guess we'll see. Uh, how are you folks doing? Wow, that lady can't drive to save her life. <laughs> Sorry. Really tight spot. I'm trying to get this old lady by me. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, things are uh, a week past what they were a week ago. <laughs> Not sure what I want to talk about today. Um, I am really uh, grateful that you guys uh, who have been listening to my channel have, or my channel, sorry, my podcast have uh, kind of uh, made it the best year ever, I think. I think, you know, as long as I can keep podcasts up, I should surpass last year, and uh, that will make it uh, basically six years in a row of uh, consistent growth. We've gone from, man, just a few listens in the first year um, to where now I'm getting, you know, quite a few plays a week, uh, usually in the hundreds these days. So yeah, I hope to uh, keep that going, although I am suspect, right? I, I do suspect that um, I am, I am suspect. That's not the right word to say that. I do suspect that some of the plays I get are from robots, um, bots or whatever you want to call them, who uh, uh, maybe look like they're listening but they're not in order to get you to click on something. I know there's some of that going on on SoundCloud. It kind of sucks. Uh, it just makes me wonder if I can trust the data and all of that, but I don't know, maybe I'll send a message to SoundCloud and try to start working through some of that, some of that noise, but anyway, regardless, makes me feel good uh, that some people are getting some benefit and that we've been able to, to uh, grow to, I forgot how many total plays I have. Have to look that up at some point um, but uh, yeah it looks like we're on par to uh, surpass uh, last year as well um, which is good and it looks like we've been growing at about a rate of I don't know 30% maybe every year 30% more plays kind of hard to tell um, so yeah, somebody somebody out there likes this format. And I know it's very rough and it's it's not real um, thought out and not as polished as say a, a TED talk or something like that. I don't do I do little to no editing. Although I have been editing a lot of video lately for uh, some mountain biking videos I've been making, so I can do some editing, I suppose, in the future. Uh, and I would like to do some more live um, podcasts 
as well. Uh, so this week, the news came down that uh, for the for the death of George Floyd, the officer was uh, I didn't know his name. I suppose I suppose uh, saying his name sometimes is a, is a little bit uh, um, taboo. We say their names too much, but. Anyway, the officer uh, has been sentenced, and I want to say it was something like 23 years, 31 years. It was less than the 40 years that they asked for. Um, but given the age of the officer, he'll be in. He'll be in for quite a while, uh, assuming that there are no no appeals. Um, that will go through. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. It doesn't necessarily equal justice in everybody's eyes. A lot of people still feel like he should have gotten more than more than what he got. Um, I guess I'm less concerned about an individual case and more concerned about the overall direction that we're heading. And I think uh, from from all uh, from all the people I've been listening to or reading about, they seem to think that this is the best that anybody's ever gotten of a police officer who killed somebody in the line of duty. Like this is the this is the strongest sentence that's ever been handed down. And as far as that goes, that's a good direction, I suppose. Um, uh, if if cops are not held to the same standards as other uh, criminals, uh, then, you know, that's not a good thing. That's not a good direction to be heading. Uh, cops should be held to the same, or some would argue, higher standards uh, because of their positions of authority uh, in the community. And I would say that as far as sentencing goes, I would prefer that sentencing is equally um, equally dished out, right? That uh, the sentence would fit the crime and that all people would enjoy the same uh, the same um, Privilege uh, in that everybody would be um, treated fairly, I guess is the, the right way to say that. However, on uh, in general, I don't believe that the prison system uh, and the punishments that it hands out, I shouldn't say the prison system, uh, that's the other side of this. The, the, the Department of Justice, I guess, or the system of justice. In the States, I don't believe works in a way that, number one, deters crime, and number two, re rehabilitates uh, those who are in the prison system. I don't feel like right now that that is the, number one, that that's even the goal, at least not really. You know, that may be the stated goal of prison systems, but 
by and large, I believe that there's a much more sinister thing going on with prison systems. And basically, uh, the prison systems uh, have taken the place of uh, slavery. Uh, and that somebody is benefiting from the slave labor of prisons, and therefore it behooves uh, it behooves prisons to have more people in them so that they can do uh, more labor, uh, pay fewer wages, uh, and make bigger profits. Uh, and and so, you know, on the one hand, it, it may have started out somewhat innocently in that. Well, if we have these prisoners here anyway, it's not good that they do nothing all day. They might as well do something that's good for the good for the community. So let's have them, you know, make roads or break rocks or make license plates or whatever. You know, th that's one thing. It's another thing for prisons that are uh, privately owned uh, are able to make money for. Um, for-profit organizations. That can't be a good thing. Now, I haven't studied it closely enough to know that that's actually happening. Uh, I think... Uh, I, I do think, however, that the, the... the difference between profit and non-profit is actually much smaller than it's supposed to be, uh, in that even even people who seem to be doing something non-profit, uh, they can find a way uh, to to make money, right? There are loopholes and there are all kinds of ways that even uh, uh, things that are labeled labeled as non-profit organizations can still make people rich. Okay, this still happens, right? Where, you know, money donated um, only a very small percentage actually goes to what the money was donated for. And a large percentage goes to wages of um, uh, the people who are working in the organization. There's a lot of ways to, to bend the system. And to game the system, I guess, is probably what we call that. Lots of ways to do that. None of them are good. Uh, so I think that the system of justice in the states has gone off the rails uh, and is no longer serving uh, the community by rehabilitating uh, those who spend time in prisons uh, and instead um, they've probably because of the amount of money that they wield been able to manipulate the justice system in order to put more and more people behind bars for nonviolent crimes in order to make money off of them. Uh, and like I said, I don't have any specific knowledge that this is the case. Uh, it, it's more like a hunch. Um, there, there, there are sources out there that would uh, make this case much better than I do, but I don't have any specific knowledge that I have researched myself. Uh, so I want to just put that disclaimer out there. You know, everything, everything that's created, every institution that's created, uh, 
not even institutions, anything that's that's done that is good, and because it's good, people want to repeat it. Eventually, uh, over time, uh, is corrupted and needs to be broken up and rebuilt. And I've said this many times, right? It's not it's not the first time that I've made this um, uh, claim or accusation or um, whatever. But over time, things get corrupt, and we forget why we do the things we do, right? Eventually, we we um, forget why we started doing things that we started doing. Um, and uh, we just keep doing them because that's what we're supposed to do. But as, as human nature goes, humans... Are, it seems like we're programmed to figure out how to how to squeeze every advantage out of every situation and every institution uh, and every relationship uh, and what have you, right? We 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 really try to um, get every ounce of usability out of whatever it is, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a piece of land. Uh, whether it's a natural resource uh, or a people group, right? We will exploit uh, whatever resources we have uh, available to get the greatest amount of uh, product from whatever we deem we need or want. Um, and this, this need in the past has actually served mankind well at times. You know, I think of the uh, Native Americans who, when they would hunt an animal, they would use every single part that they could. Nothing would go to waste, right? From the skins to the bones to the tendons, uh, of course, all the meat and the organs, everything they would use. And part of that is is from necessity, right? They, they were... Uh, hunter, hunter gatherers, uh, and they would need to uh, get all they could out of any given animal because you know they didn't necessarily know where their next meal was coming from, right? And so they would eat everything; nothing would go to waste. This kind of uh, um, what do you call it? Um, I guess mode of consumption where you don't waste anything is really good for those who are in a scarce uh, kind of situation, right? Who are only taking what they need, but it just turns out that they need everything, right? Um, that That's a good thing. That's a good way to be for your community when uh, resources are scarce. But when resources are plenty and you still continually squeeze every ounce of whatever you can get out of out of everything only for your personal benefit uh, this is when it becomes exploitation and bad for people bad for the environment bad for relationships uh, bad for everything right uh, you know I take the way that uh, the land is is used in some countries where they'll come in and they'll strip all the trees off because they want the trees and then they'll strip all the minerals out because they want the minerals. They'll drill all the oil out because they want the oil. 
and basically when they leave the land has been raped to the point that it's dead right uh, not not just that right what about farming right the way that we farm and just take squeeze every mineral we can out of out of the soil to the point where it's uh, so dead nothing will grow on it nothing good right uh, it's all because of you know chasing uh, the American dollar basically uh, chasing money chasing uh, wanting to be richer, right? And the more we squeeze out of something, the more surplus we have. Uh, and this this desire for surplus, um, to have more than we need, in other words, uh, is bad for everything, right? It's bad for everybody. Um, so this this proclivity that humans have to to really um, exploit resources uh, to where they get everything possible they can from from available resources is not is not in and of itself a bad thing, right? It's just something that that happened out of necessity. Um, and nobody likes to see waste, right? The problem is uh, when we you know do it for personal gain when we want to build up the stores in our barn for example uh, and we don't care who we hurt or what we destroy to get it right of course you know you look at this strategy in the long run and you realize that the earth cannot uh, take this very long the earth will shut down right and that's what we're seeing with climate change uh, overly farmed uh, land, uh, the the scorching, as they call it, scorch and burn. It's not right. Slash and burn. That's what it is. I think. Slash and burn tactic tactics and forests, for example, to, to clear farmland. Eventually, we're going to get to a point where the earth is going to have a very hard time to recover from all that, and we will not be better for it. It will not be good for humans at that point. But people um, are very um, short-sighted, right? They want what they want, and they want it now, and they're not going to worry about tomorrow, right? They're not going to worry about um, what happens with, with all of you know, what they've done today, tomorrow. They just want to have what they want today. Uh, and, you know, this, the funny thing is, a lot of these countries are Christian countries and they take this you know they take this scripture probably I, I wonder I, okay this is I'm just thinking out loud I'm, I'm thinking out loud I'm kind of just wondering about this because it just popped into my head uh, Jesus did say don't worry about tomorrow because uh, you know today has enough enough worry for you right today has enough things for you to worry about so don't be so concerned about tomorrow so if you pervert what Jesus was saying there you could make the case that Jesus supported this kind of exploiting exploiting the earth today and not worrying about tomorrow right just take all you can and run and don't worry about the damage that you do right you could pervert that scripture of course that's not what Jesus is getting at right 
what he's, he's actually kind of making the opposite case, right? That the earth has provided what you need for today. Just be glad you have that. And tomorrow, go out and get what you need for tomorrow. Uh, if you, if you, you know, if you worry about tomorrow and you try to get what you need tomorrow today, uh, and then you expand that to, you know, two days and then a week and then a year and then 10 years and you're trying to have all this surplus that you, you think you need or want, right? Uh, that's, that's not going to be good for the earth, right? So, you know, the Jesus was kind of actually making the opposite point. Um, don't worry about tomorrow means that you have enough, you know, you, you just need to get what you need today, and then tomorrow you get what you need tomorrow, and the next day you get what you need that day. Don't try to get everything you need in the future today, right? Just use your time wisely every day to get what you need that day, and then go on to the next day. Um, it's actually kind of a, if you think about it, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting way to live. It's, it's not how most of us do it. I tell you that much, you know, with our, our desire to save as much money as we can to, uh, you know, to buy stocks, to prepare for our future, to worry about all that stuff. Um, some people are just not wired to let it go to just be content about the, the, the current time, to live in the present. Uh, it's very hard to do. And part of that's, you know, because of the way they were brought up. Part of that may be because of some, you know, personal experiences that they had with uh, perhaps uh, scarcity or poverty, if you will. Uh, and that's, you know, to be expected. Um, but, you know, Jesus is actually kind of making the opposite point there. So, yeah, what did I even start talking about? I feel like I've gotten so far off. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember what I was talking about. As soon as I got onto the scripture part, I kind of forgot where I started from. So the idea of uh, the prison system, right, uh, is where I started. How did I get from the prison system to this? That's kind of going to be a neat uh, flow chart if I go back and figure out how I got from point A to point B. Probably should do that once in a while to see how my crazy mind works. Um, yeah, very much a stream of consciousness today going on. The prison system is something I think about a lot. And part of the reason is I have a brother who's been in the system for uh, a while and he's finally getting out Lord willing, uh, this month, actually July, so next month. I think we're still in June. Yeah, I think today's the last day of June. First, second, third, fourth. Yeah, today's the last day of June, June 30th. Um, yeah, hopefully he's getting out soon, and I really want to try to go see him. I don't know if it's going to work out, but uh, I'm going to try to work all that out as much as I can. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the prison system is something I think about a lot. And my brother, as far as I can tell, 
right? And I don't think he, because, you know, they're, they're, uh, phone conversations are taped so the conversations I had where it sounds like he's been treated well and he's done well you know it's really hard to know um, because I don't think he would necessarily say anything uh, out of fear of you know retribution while he was there uh, but it seems like he has had a good experience he's grown in prison he's been rehabilitated uh, it really seems like he's done well you know to the point where he's He's written some books on uh, theology, and uh, he's he's been teaching the Bible and and uh, really trying to to do everything he can to change his life while he's there, and that's the point of prison systems. And maybe he's just been in good ones, you know. It's kind of hard to tell, um, but I won't know the truth until you know after he's out and and, and I have some discussions about his experiences um, which I am eager to do I can't wait to hug that guy I miss him so much uh, yeah so yeah things have been uh, crazy as far as that goes but we're so glad he's getting out this year um, I'd love to have him come to Japan and spend some time with us which I know would fulfill a dream of his, so uh, we'll see about trying to make that happen in due time. Uh, but in the meantime, I'd love to get home and uh, be able to see him once he's out, and hopefully we'll be able to do that. Um, let's see. i got to try to retrace my steps here. So I went from talking about prison system and rehabilitation and how you know things become corrupt oh that's what it is we we're talking about how things become corrupt eventually and if we don't if we don't if you don't put in the DNA okay of any institution of any organization uh, of anything that you're trying to repeat over and over which was basically the idea of an institution I guess uh, you will eventually uh, corrupt to the point where you don't any longer uh, fulfill the mission of uh, what you set out to do, uh, nor uh, even look remotely like what you looked like when you started, right? Things you need to have in the DNA uh, of whatever uh, whatever group you create, whatever company you create, or whatever, that from time to time you will reevaluate uh, and try to remember what you set out to do, the whole reasons that you are doing what you're doing, right? And that, that's something I need to tell myself. There's, you know, a couple of, of things that I've started in my life, uh, more than a couple, um, that you know, need to be reevaluated. Uh, one of them is our gathering, and I, you know, since COVID happened, we haven't gathered uh, as much. Right? Things have been um, really spotty for the last year, and hopefully, we will uh, be able to open up again to the point where we won't have to worry about that stuff so much. Really hoping that happens soon. 
uh, but this is a great time for us to remember what why why is it that we gather and what is it that that gathering together uh, brings to the people who gather right why why is it that we do that uh, and why was it so important that we did it before and and can we can we remember and and maybe even expound on right uh, good reasons to gather together right it can't be it can't be enough to say well we're supposed to gather together therefore we should gather together right it's like saying gather together um, actually gather together is totally redundant anyway um, so yeah that I think every institution if they want to continue needs to have something built into it to where they um, evaluate what and why they're doing uh, what they're doing and why they're doing it uh, and and remember the the founding principles and strive to to grow but at the same time uh, recapture some of the original um, mojo if you will uh, because it takes you know it takes some energy and some passion to start things right uh, but a lot of times the energy and the passion drains away uh, and and if you don't have the energy and the passion uh, things will corrupt fairly quickly right or you can find that your energy and passion have been going to something that was totally different than what you originally set out to do one thing for example is when you you know if you start a business maybe you're, you're hoping that it will pro provide some uh, some benefit to your family you know so you can provide for your family and that's great uh, but most of us when we start a business we have something that we're trying to provide to a community that seems to be lacking right uh, we have reasons and and we also have a way you know we want to be a certain kind of business because uh, we want to value people we want to uh, we want to provide for people but at the same time we want to uh, provide a home for people right a place where they can work but it feels like they're wanted and taken care of and you know but eventually that passion and energy might shift to man we're making some money how can we make more money you know uh, how can we how can we increase our profits how can I get a nicer car how can I uh, remodel my home from these you know I guess what I'm saying is if you don't build into the DNA of what you build to rebuild, to recapture, to uh, remember, right, uh, things will get corrupt to the point to where you're no longer, you're no longer pursuing your original mission uh, for the original reasons and it won't even look like what it did in the first place that's just that's just human nature we have very short memories right um, especially when we're faced with um, 
the word I'm looking for? Temptation, right? Temptations of power, fame, or gain, right? Those are the those are the three that make us really change what we're doing or why we're doing things or how we're doing things, right? Sorry, my keys are getting really loud. Uh, yeah, so. We need to remember uh, the tenets of, of justice, right? We need to, in, 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 and if those, if, okay, this is another scenario. If we go back and find that our original reasons for creating the justice and penal system were not good, right? We're not the best, and that's the reason why things have been corrupted. That's another possibility. Then let's let's found it on new principles, right? Are we punishing, or are we trying to heal? Healing sometimes needs to happen in isolation. Some people won't heal if they're left in the same environment that they were, right? Uh, so if we can somehow pursue healing for people who have messed up in society, who have wronged other people, whether you know it's theft or violence or whatever, but if our if our um, desire is for them to find healing. Uh, then the, the system's going to work totally different. You know, if our desire is to punish, then it's probably working just great. Um, but if our desire is to heal and to discipline and help, help them find a way to a better way of being in the world, a more loving way of being in the world, and if we can lovingly help them discover that, uh, then we have really done something worthy right we we've you know we've if we take a violent person and make them into a loving person uh then man you've done something now some may argue that that's only something that christ can do and and fine i i i readily accept that but it doesn't mean christ can't do it through christ-like people in the prison system And there are some of those. I definitely believe there are some of those. Um, and I applaud them. It's that's hard work. I can't imagine how hard that work is. Working with prisoners can't be easy. Um, but you know, prisoners or criminals, uh, people who commit crimes don't make themselves. They're products of society. They're products of their family and their community. Uh, they're products of sometimes biology and psychology, right? They don't, they don't just pop up in a vacuum. Uh, and so 
we have a responsibility to them because we are at least partially responsible for making them. So I'm going to have to leave it there. Wow, I got here. Record time today. Nice. Got a few minutes to spare. I can wrap this up well, maybe. Yeah, so that's. Hmm. That's what I think about that. Yeah. So, one of the ways that in our gathering that we put that into our DNA, right? The, the um, desire to reevaluate. And, and one of the things is to not make things very rigid in the first place, right? To, to keep things loose, to, to be ready to shift gears at any time, uh, whenever the need arises. Uh, to not um, be completely uh, dependent on structure uh, or liturgy, if you will, uh, or some kind of a arbitrary plan, uh, but really be always ready to shift uh, and cater to the needs of the people who are gathering. Uh, and that's something we really try to do. Um, but this is definitely a time when we should be reevaluating what we've been doing uh, and see if we can't uh, go forward with new energy and new passion, um, but based on um, good, sound principles. So I guess, you know, the other thing that I didn't say in the beginning that I kind of discovered as I talked, and I'll just recap with that, is that by going back and, and trying to rediscover Right? It's sort of a deconstruction, if you will. By deconstructing an organization, you can get back to the founding principles. And because you've grown since the time that you started this organization, you can then reevaluate the founding principles and maybe you can make some adjustments. Uh, maybe you can make it even better uh, the second time through. And so I think that's where we're going to be. I think we're going to just kind of put a cap on what we've done up to this point and say that's what we did. Now this is going to be a, a new iteration, a, a new birth uh, of our, you know, the second chapter of what we've done. First chapter lasted basically from the end of 2013. So what's that? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. That's eight years. Um, the end of this year, the, I guess right around December of this year, will be about eight years uh, since we uh, started gathering full-time in our house. It's, it's really been over 10 years uh, since we gathered, but we stopped going to institutional church uh, almost between seven and eight years ago. So this is a good time to, to kind of, you know, to break it apart and to uh, have some time of contemplation and prayer and... Um, prayerful discussion uh and uh yeah i think i think we're going to need to have a council here pretty soon a get together and uh a contemplating of how we can go forward and and uh reevaluate so i'll probably call my people in about that and uh start thinking about how we can do that it's kind of exciting to think about 
Uh, yeah, and hopefully they feel the same way. If they don't, then I'll have to reevaluate um, what I think the Spirit is leading me to do uh, and uh, maybe just a little bit on what I'm thinking. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, you guys have a great day. Bye-bye.